1: And I'm Emily, a writer and editor. We are just two type 1 diabetic ladies trying to live our best lives. It's not always easy with the literal highs and lows. But it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to.
0: Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here.
1: And Miriam.
0: And this I'm week's Kira. special <laughs> guest, oh, yeah, there's Kira. This week's special <laughs> guest is Kira of Balanced and Bolus. Welcome. We're so excited to have Thank you, you on. Yes.
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm really excited to talk to you guys.
0: Anytime. So, um, for those of you that aren't familiar with Kira, you're missing out on a great human, a great blog, and <laughs> an hilarious and real, uh, Instagram page. She's at balanced and bolus on Instagram. Um, I'm blushing already. I know. Right. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just so much love all the time. It's such a pure place. (laughs) Anyways. So can you start us off? We like to ask all of our guests to share their diagnosis stories. So if you'd like to kick us off with that, that'd be dope.
2: Yeah, I'd love to. I love reflecting on good memories. Um, <laughs> and, uh, my diagnosis story is actually really interesting to me. Um, I think it also is a reason why I, um, I take diabetes, my diabetes seriously, but I also... Um, it was a big, it was a pretty traumatic event. So based on that, I was like, I never want to go back to that spot. And so mm-hmm. now I'm, uh, here, now I am where I am. But, uh, yeah, I was seven years old. I had just turned seven as well. And it was spring break. And right before spring break, I remember going to like the pancake house and like chowing down on like so many pancakes and syrup and all that. And I didn't feel good. And usually like I, that would never bother me. And then, um, I was always tired after I was eating for like, a good two weeks and then I started to get really sick and so all of spring break I was like wetting the bed every night I was throwing up I was losing weight so quickly I was already like seven years old and tiny so I was just my eyes were like sunken into my head no, and eventually yeah it was really intense and I think someone had mentioned to my mom like you know it might be diabetes and my mom just didn't want to believe it you know she kept hoping it was just like a flu and that tomorrow mm-hmm. I'd be better And after a few days, it was just not better. So um, they took me to the hospital and immediately we went to a clinic, actually, more close by to where I was. And they took me from the clinic in an ambulance up to San Francisco. I'm about 20 minutes south of San Francisco. So they took me all the way to San Francisco. Um, I'm like constantly vomiting and we get up there and that's when they find out that I was type one. But I was unconscious like most of this time, like besides the getting sick part, I don't remember any of this. And I have a really good memory. Like, I can tell you what I wore to my (laughs) fifth grade birthday party, but, like, I can't remember like this process. So, uh, we go up to the hospital and I'm in, out of consciousness for a few days and Easter passes. And this is, this is pretty, uh, now it's funny, but the Easter bunny was like making his rounds to everybody's rooms to give kids like presents and just like cheer them up. And he came into my room and he asked, um, I guess it was the Easter Bunny's last year as the Easter bunny. And he'd been doing this forever. So Mm -hmm. he asked if he could take a picture with me when he like gives me his present. And for some reason I was like, no, I mean, besides the reason that I I was unconscious and not even, like barely alive but um mm-hmm. I was like no I don't want to see the Easter bunny right now but he insisted on coming back um I think because I was just just so adorable I mean <laughs> maybe I don't know um so he came in What's going on? he came that? in <laughs> I know I mean I hope that I mean I was wearing like I was very malnourished looking but yeah he came in and gave me a troll doll remember those troll dolls with like the hair it sticks up Oh my God, yes, he haunted my nightmares. Right? I know, they're terrifying. Um, And so he was giving me one of those, and they snapped a picture. And then the day after I got out of the hospital, our doctors called us, and I was on the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle, like the biggest newspaper in San Francisco. Oh my God. Not because because of my diagnosis, um, which I think they should have brought that, you know, so spread some awareness with diabetes through this, but instead it was mostly about how it was the Easter Bunny's last round of the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's but they uh, they called me like four years old. I was seven years old, but they they said I was
1: four because I was just so tiny, so tiny, and it's yeah, so weird was, to have so such little. like a formative or like just a crazy time of your life in print yeah. forever. Oh yeah, I still have like five copies at home. <laughs> we like went out and like <laughs> oh bought God. all the
2: copies. So I was like, wow, does diabetes make me famous? But no, <laughs> no Kira. <laughs> um, and so yeah, oh, that was wow. that was the diagnosis. But I was in the hospital for a while. And so it wasn't until I came back to consciousness that uh, I remember getting my first shot and my first finger prick. And I was screaming about it. Like I did not want this mm-hmm. finger prick. I thought it was gonna kill me. And then it happened and I was like, I didn't feel it, you know, and, now it makes sense. But then um, after going through the motions a couple times, my mom walked me through the hospital. And I remember this really clearly. Um, I was in my PJs and we're walking. I think there's still like a fluid bag on me because I was just so dehydrated. And she right. told me, you know, those shots and those finger pricks you just had to go through. You're going to have to do that every day for the rest of your life, every time you eat, um, oh. every time you wake up and before you go to bed and i just broke Harsh down take, mom i know right <laughs> like i mean i know i i think of that all the time but then i don't know how i would address that to to a child like if anything yeah, she true. was just being up front with me and she, you know she yeah. could have said it's okay mm-hmm. things will get better there's going to be a cure soon but she was like no she's real yeah yeah Yeah. exactly and so it freaked me out but the day I got out of the hospital sorry this seems like a long diagnosis story but it's worth it I promise it's not Um, (laughs) don't worry it's normal awesome. So um, I, the day we got out of the hospital, I went, we went for a big breakfast, which is my favorite thing ever. And then that night we went to go see Paul McCartney in concert, which was amazing. We're a huge, yeah, we're a huge Beatle family. Um, It wasn't like on purpose. It was just kind of a coincidence that we had these tickets and it was the day I got out of the hospital. So on the way there, um, we're getting ready to leave the house. And my mom is like rushing to get ready. I'm trying to eat my bowl of mac and cheese. And she's like, Kira, you need to check your blood before you can eat the mac and cheese, but I'm getting ready. And we were just busy. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, okay, I guess I'll do it myself. And I remember yeah. just, like, looking at this bowl of mac and cheese, just wanting it so badly. And, and then being like, okay, Same all well, I got to do is, like, prick my finger. And I did it. And ever since then, I mean, I've been doing it. So that was – it was a very memorable time.
0: <laughs> it's that, Yeah, I mean – it's like, such a time that is ingrained on everyone's memory who has type 1 and probably all the family members around that. I find it so wildly interesting hearing all the kiddos' stories about it because I was diagnosed as an adult. Um, head mm. back to season one, episode one, and episode two for Miriam's diagnosis story. Um, there you go. But it's just wild to me how you guys did this stuff when you were little kids. I mean, I know yeah. everyone has to do it because, you know, you got to survive yeah. and sometimes your parents can't, can't or like aren't available to do that for you. And but I th- Miriam's been doing it forever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was I was sick. So around the same time as you or same age as you. Um, but I think on that note, it's just kind of you don't especially at that young age, you don't question it so much. It's like the grown-ups are telling you this is what you're supposed to do and it hurts and I don't like it, but like you don't question like I'm not going to do this anymore. I think it would be interesting to really you know get a better sense of different age groups like I wonder if like teenagers when they're diagnosed how they react versus a 10 year old versus a five year old um versus a 20 year old so it is yeah interesting
2: I think so too I think Mm -hmm. it also translates into them as diabetics and how they handle Mm -hmm. their diabetes day to day because I was I mean If we're going to get, if we're going to be diagnosed, we don't really have a say whether or not we're going to be diagnosed. So if I'm Mm -hmm. going to be diagnosed, I think the age that we were Miriam, six Mm -hmm. and seven is not the worst age because we're not set in our ways. Um, we're not like, we're not used to like waking up every morning in our routine Mm -hmm. and going through the motions and not having to give insulin. I don't really remember a time when I didn't have to prick my blood, um, or check my blood and then give myself insulin. So in a way it, it, um out of any other age I think it was it was nice to have like parents and family to support Mm -hmm. you whereas I've heard people that were diagnosed around even 14 and the doctors keep them in the hospital for a day and then they just send them on their merry way they're like oh like here are the steps and here's the insulin and here's how you do a shot good luck you know even though they're still young it's different when you're when you're um, so
1: juvenile totally and I know it is really interesting it's funny because I feel the same way as you but I know Emily is like I can't imagine being diagnosed and yeah, and she was so grateful that <laughs> yeah, she's, she's 20. So I, I can imagine to being show diagnosed. We're all working
0: I mean, on finding the silver lining. Yeah, I yeah, I feel like I play devil's advocate for it a lot. Like, don't get it twisted. I, I <laughs> had a choice to like remember times where I was like mac and on eating a bowl of mac and cheese and mac not and having to mac. worry about my blood sugar. I would probably, like in knowing that I would still end up having diabetes, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying I wished I'd gotten it younger, but there's some memories that, uh, that sting extra, extra strong, if you will. I Um, guess that's true. It's like
1: ignorance is bliss in some
0: sense. Yeah. Yeah. I will say Definitely. that, but I, you know, didn't have to go through puberty or any of those fun times yeah. with a That's what I was going to say. I was so. going to
2: say, there's a lot of transitions I had to go through, um, being diagnosed in first grade and then going into middle school where you're starting to be more independent and you want to go for sleepovers mm-hmm. and you want to hang out with friends that you haven't that haven't known you since you were diagnosed, you know, then it comes into play, like the whole meeting, um, like the parents have to know that you're a diabetic and that puts responsibility on them. I remember mm-hmm. like not being invited to birthday parties. Um, and later on, I think my That's mom awful. had said something. I know, I know. I like my the mom parents said were just, didn't want to deal but, with yeah, it. Not that they, well, I'm sure that's in the back of their heads, but so my mom did say something once because it was a good friend of mine. This wasn't just mm-hmm. like a girl in my grade. Like, we were good friends. And she had this birthday party, and the mom said to my mom, Well, we don't want to make her feel bad since she couldn't eat the cake. So, and it was like, Oh, my so God, let's just that's not invite funny. her. At you know, all. Like, I, I just ate a box of Girl Scout cookies the night before, but like, sure, I guess I can't eat your special cake. Like, what's, you know, like, unless it's, it's interesting. You know,
0: uh, insulin resistant. Cake, you're fine. <laughs> like, that makes no but also, it just shows I, that like I can't
1: people, people are, are so uneducated on it. Yeah. And like for whatever reason this mother seemed to think that was the best solution which also is like mind boggling it's just so that's bizarre. also not
2: their that's not
1: their decision to make no. it should be like send out the invite and if
2: I really don't feel ready then no but this was also yeah. definitely a few years into my diagnosis and I was I mean when you're diagnosed young um, you do have to grow up really fast you do have mm-hmm. to learn to take care of your body um, mm-hmm. and it, even diagnosed later in life you have to learn how to take care of your body in a new way but that's all up yeah. to us you know and I handle it pretty well um I didn't really go through an angsty well I was always angsty but with diabetes (laughs) I didn't go through like my burnout stage till um early high school Mm -hmm. and then some some of college
1: kind of in those transition transitional periods of my life that's not it wasn't till then yeah which is to be expected but that kind of leads me to my next question I'm curious how your life with diabetes, how that impacted or didn't impact your career choices and kind of what you're studying now. Yeah, definitely.
2: It totally did. Um, I So I feel like there's always people in high school that know what they want to do. Like you see them, mm-hmm. they're like already running for class president for like five yeah. years in a row. And you're like, they're going to be like a leader. And then you meet people who are like really into the science world. And you're like, they're going to be a neuroscientist. And I have friends like that, that since I've known them um, through adolescence, I, I'm not surprised by their career choices. But mm-hmm. for me, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I didn't really think about it. Um, I wasn't crazy good at anything. I loved to write. I loved, um, I did like sciences, but nothing that I excelled in. And so when it came down to like end of high school, I was applying to colleges um, and I was like, what am I good at? And then I mm-hmm. thought about it. And I was like, well, I haven't died yet, so I must be really good diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> like, that I'm still here. Our, <laughs> I love it. But I love that that's a measure.
0: I seriously use that as a measure too. People are like, well, you know, like, how's your diabetes? And I'm like, I'm still here.
2: I'll still yeah. yeah, tell exactly. you.
0: Like,
2: <laughs> I'm still healthy. Like, I'm doing pretty well. At that point, I was like diabetic for, um, 11 years Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah I'm doing a pretty good job like I know a lot about it I'm not super shy about it I I am intrigued by it and I think I could help other people um and I I knew that early on and so I was going to go into nursing school Mm -hmm. but I you know things change things get derailed um Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a registered nurse so that way I could be a certified diabetes educator because there's only a couple pathways that lead to being Mm -hmm. a CDE and that's like psychologist, um, registered nurse, and registered dietitian. So I always had the nurse idea in the back of my mind. I went through my undergrad. Um, I studied something completely different. I studied Europe under in, in my undergrad and minored <laughs> in Italian, which is crazy. I mean, um, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. But that was my thing. I was like, I'm going to go to undergrad and I want to enjoy it and I want to get a lot out of it. And it turns out that this undergrad led me to food. I mm-hmm. studied Europe and part of my thesis was I focused on the slow food movement in Europe it started in Italy and Mm. my minor was in Italian it just all kind of came together Mm -hmm. and I was studying um in my thesis a lot about organic food industrial agriculture and I was fascinated by it um I also in college towards the end was going through a lot of um a lot of issues with dealing with how I viewed myself, um, how I viewed my body, how I compared my body Retweet. to others mm-hmm. at this time. Yeah, this time of social media, I was like, I, I I, really didn't like my body. I hated looking in the mirror. I would go to the gym multiple times a day. I wouldn't eat carbs for like two days. And then I would binge eat like five tortillas. Like I wasn't being um, as healthy as I knew mm-hmm. I could have been. So when I started studying more about food through this thesis, I realized food is fuel. Like food Mm -hmm. is, is so important to the world. It's something that brings people together over dinners and lunches. I wanted to focus on food. And so I took the other route towards being a CDE, which was to be a registered dietitian. So I'm not there, but currently I'm taking the prerequisites for a degree in dietetics. Um, I just know I want to work with type one diabetics. So any way I can get into that, I think is important to me. And, I love food. Food is awesome, and through Same. my nutrition classes, <laughs> through my nutrition classes, I've created such a better relationship with food because I know how much my body values it and needs it. So that's kind of kind of where I'm at. I think that's love amazing, it. and uh,
0: we've had. Do you, are you familiar with Go Feed Yourself on Instagram, Lauren Newman? Yeah, she, I am. So she, we've had her on the show. She's amazing. Shout out to Lauren. Mm. Um, but <laughs> she actually isn't diabetic. Good for her. Mm. But she works a lot with type 1 diabetics because there's such a close relation between diabetes, well, type 1 diabetes and, you know, like... Uh, disordered eating, yeah, yeah, disordered eating. Thank you, Miriam. But um, so I encourage everyone to go back and listen to that episode. But also, Absolutely. I think it's such a good it's a good way to segue into um, your blog a little bit, balanced and yeah. bolus.
2: Definitely. So my thing was I started that after college and I, so I'd been studying nutrition for a little bit and I was doing a lot better with my relationship with food. Um, It wasn't completely to where it is now, but I was on that path and I was loving studying food and I was realizing how much diabetes impacted that disordered eating I was dealing with in college. It sounds kind of silly looking back, but I never really thought of it. I never really thought that the reason I was so obsessed with counting calories is because for 15 years of my life, I was counting carbs. And Mm -hmm. I was forced to look at these nutrition labels. Um, You would see stuff on the media. Numbers run our lives. Yeah, they really do. And there's not a big way out of it, but there is a way to reduce the amount of focus we put on those numbers. Mm -hmm. It's just really difficult because you see in the media, like recently, Jennifer Lopez was like, don't eat carbs, guys. Join this challenge with me. Like, We're not going to eat any carbs, no sugar, um, Mm -hmm. not even like beans and stuff. And it was like, before then, if I was in the same state I was when I was ending college, I would have been like, Oh, okay, well, J Lo's most beautiful woman of the mm-hmm. world in the world, I better do what she says because then I'll look like her and then everyone will like me because of course that's how society works, right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's yes. really yes. It Besides really the fact that like yeah. they're saying this stuff with no science or like facts necessarily to back it up other than it's like, oh, I heard I can lose weight if I don't eat carbs. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, so not really, to make this about me in any way, but it seriously, what, I was misdiagnosed for a year when I before I was diagnosed with type one, I was misdiagnosed with pre-diabetes for type Mm two and my endo had me completely cut out carbs for an entire year. And that includes fruit and everything carby. And that was the sickest. I I mean, also I was going into DKA slowly, but that was the sickest i had ever felt. So anytime someone tells me they're going on a no carb diet, I'm like, hold up. First of all, are you talking about about fruit? Yeah. Second of all, yeah. why are you doing this? If, you're, mm, if your body needs this to be fuel, like I it just I don't have time really for sad. that negativity. I know, <laughs> me,
2: me either. It makes me really sad. But I think that's something that's so important to um, why I started balancing bolus because I was balancing this life with these as a twenty something with uh, the, the pressures of society. I was dealing with mm-hmm. life, trying to look a certain way, trying to be a certain way, trying to meet these standards. um, trying to follow these trends but then I am also a type 1 diabetic and we can't do that in the same way that everyone else does yeah. and I don't think that's a bad thing either so I like started balancing bolus because I was like well here I am gonna balance life so on my blog you'll find two sections underneath blog and there's balance which will have stuff about um, exercise and type 1 diabetes and how to manage school and type 1 diabetes and then you can go to bolus and you can read about my relationship with food and you know mm-hmm. ideas for low-carb cocktails and um, good breakfast ideas and stuff like that because I want want people to know that they don't have to be restricted by diabetes as mm-hmm, much as right. it already has to restrict us. Like we all want to say diabetes doesn't hold us back, but in a certain way we can't go for hikes without bringing like a bunch of granola bars with us mm-hmm. and if we don't have that energy then maybe we shouldn't go for a run, you know. Like there are ways where it inevitably is going to hold us back, but I want people to see through balance and bolus that I am a normal 20-something girl that, you know, might not wash your hair for a couple days, exercises every now and again, might sit on the couch (laughs) and watch Netflix for a couple days, will drink... A bottle of wine with my friends on the weekends. Hey, maybe even on a Wednesday, um, and I can still <laughs> wine Wednesdays are a thing, guys. Exactly. You know, tequila Tuesdays, margarita Mondays. We, we got them all. So um, drink responsibly, really, but yes, yeah, drink responsibly. <laughs> and that's another thing. I bring that in my blog about drinking. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up grew up in a family that loves cocktails, and uh, my dad's Irish, so. That was a big thing as well. So you'll find that on balanceandballs.com as well. My relationship with um, how I how I can drink and ideas for dealing with diabetes and drinking. So. Yeah, man. Kind of where, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been great. It's also it's funny. I I started the blog because I loved writing. I had just finished college, and I wanted to like bring that writing to other people. Um, and I had no idea about half the things that were on the internet about diabetes until I started. I wanted to like explore other blogs, and I had written my own articles. And then someone said to me, you know, start an Instagram, that way you can promote your articles. And I'm like, no one wants to read, um, like a blog about type one diabetes on Instagram. Like no one cares if I post like stuff about my pump sites and my CGMs. Like, so I, but then I did, I started the the Instagram and I was surprised at like
1: the type one diabetes community Mm -hmm. on there and how supportive they were as well. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Every time I think about we, it, I get overwhelmed by the community. It's like there's so many of us. Everyone's looking for connections, and it's it's just so wonderful. Oh my god, guys! And it I had a brain so blast. We should start
0: um, a Miss Connections for Type
2: One. Like you know, like <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Not like a not like I so, okay. Not, Not like in a, like a creepy thing way, thing but though. yeah, yeah, no, no, no like, like, like to I the saw that was wearing the pod, yeah,
0: on the subway, the girl wearing the pod on 29th and Broadway. Yeah. How you do
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> that would creepy, be you know so funny. Like, like cool. I saw that girl with the llama expression med tape over there. Like, <laughs> yes, that'd be like, so funny. Like, almost like a gossip
0: girl, like spotted. You yeah, know?
2: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's been like amazing that. the amount of people we've been able to meet just like through through Instagram. Like, uh, there was a lot of questions I had. Like, I didn't know half the things I do now about, like, when I got the Dexcom, I had, um, you guys had Ariana on a few weeks ago or a few months ago, and she, like, walked me through putting the Dexcom on, but I kind of had an idea just from, like, watching other people. It's, Mm -hmm. like, it's just so supportive. That was, like, another big inspiration for starting the blog was... I was like what kind of person would I have wanted to see when I was first diagnosed like I'm Mm -hmm. a seven year old girl who just wants to yeah like my my biggest idol was Britney Spears and so like what is what was she she gonna teach me about type one yeah so like I want to be the Britney Spears of type one diabetics just so that's clear Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding um no but it's like (laughs) I just want to like people to see um, I just want to be that for someone who's younger that they don't have to worry about this disease holding holding them back mm-hmm. um, from school, whether it be school, whether it be like running marathons, biking across the country you know we can we can do a lot of things, and so I want Absolutely. people to see that they can still have a sense of humor they can still their wires can be out and for the world to see so.
0: Yeah, metaphorically and physically. Yeah,
2: (laughs) definitely. Yeah, totally. It's so true. I I wasn't always so comfortable with my CGM and my pump sites. I would get asked about them all the time. So then I would try and hide them, and Mm -hmm. I just can't. I don't. I don't have the energy to try to hide them from people. Like if they have a problem with it and think I have a tracking device on my arm, then like let them think that. (laughs) But also, like it always shows more about their lives than it does ours. I think in the way that that we approach it. It's an opportunity to educate. As well, like when yes. people do ask me about it, I don't, I don't cut them short. Like I think it's a really mm-hmm. good opportunity so they can learn, and most of the time they're surprised because then I'm like, oh, I'm a time type one diabetic, and they're like, oh, you don't look like you have diabetes, and I'm yeah. like, what does oh, that every mean? Time. Oh, yeah. Every time, yeah. So then that's an opportunity to be like, hey, dude, like listen up, this is what type one diabetes is, um, yeah, all, the, all that good stuff.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, there's just so many good things to go f- to go from with you uh with you Kira but I love 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 the realness that you serve mm-hmm. on your Instagram and
2: oh god, um, I'm glad I'm glad you guys see is. that it's, that's a big that's a big fear I try and be as real as I can but then there's days where it's like I just don't need to show everybody the pieces of pizza I'm eating and every single avocado I digest you know <laughs> no, yes, I love I feel it that also
1: yeah it's super relatable and it kind of like ties into what we've been talking about is like showing people The good, like, supporting and being a cheerleader when you have a really good day, but acknowledging, like, some days kind of suck, and that's okay, Mm -hmm. that's normal, but, like, there'll always be a new day, and I think you kind of feed into that mindset, um, and it's really nice to see on social media, because you don't see that a ton, so... Awesome.
2: It's, well, I appreciate it's you guys exciting. for starting a
1: podcast like this, where you can listen to other people dealing with the same
2: thing I'm going through, but from different parts of the world, yeah. uh, different, you know, different struggles, different ages. I think that's amazing. So I'm glad we're in Thank this together. You.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. That's, I really feel like, especially maybe we should like start our own hashtag with this. I don't know. SOS. I do marketing and social media and editorial <laughs> for my day job. I need to turn it off, but I feel like We as a generation of type 1 diabetics specifically who have grown, not grown up, but who have been around with Instagram, with Facebook, with Do people even use Snapchat SOS? But this is such like an opportunity instead of, you know, spreading uh, toxic positivity, if you will, shout out Mm -hmm. to last week's episode, um, to show the realness and show the ups and downs and why we need a cure for this. Mm -hmm. And I think we're really doing, making moves and taking back the rhetoric regarding type one. Like we're showing people that, yes, we can. We can totally go run that mile. We can go to the Olympics. We can, you know, Mm -hmm. run a country. We can do whatever. But... We do have moments where it really sucks to have this disease, yeah. and it it's so it's so refreshing to see these things.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I recently did have someone who said to me, "Oh, well, you're fine. You have those devices to take care of you." And I was like, "You have to understand the struggles and the good parts because they see mm-hmm. me happy and healthy, but I'm like, there's a lot of a lot of crying going on mm-hmm. but, that you don't see." Yeah. Oh my God, I had my first, and like the worst is when you have your first
0: like really bad low in front of like a new friend or a new. Oh. Someone you're dating, or like
2: whatever, and you have to like play it cool, like everything's fine, and then because oh, it's their was- like first. <laughs> Totally, I was on a date not too long ago and I was low and I was, it was kind of coming to an end and I was just like waiting and waiting to see mm-hmm. if my like 72 blood sugar was going to go any lower <laughs> and I could feel it. And I was like, eventually I'm like, do you have any juice? <laughs> Is there juice somewhere? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the thing though,
0: boys our age do not have juice. They have oh, nothing no. in their refrigerators. No. Trust no, no one. Any listeners having,
2: out um, there. I ended up having, what was it? One of those, oh, it was like a honey it was like a Starburst oh my but God. honey flavored. Bit of honey? Stop it. I'm dead. I
0: had <laughs> I had to eat two spoonfuls of honey at a guy's place oh. once because oh my this was like this was probably like 3 years ago. Um, he I was like 40 and he had no sugar and I'd eaten all of mine. Um <laughs> God yeah. But 2 I'm, weeks ago. Yeah, 2 weeks ago I straight up was 38 while I was on a date and like, I was like, "Yay." Oh, that's so frustrating. That's a and bad it's
2: like one, the th- yeah. the the thing is I I really hope they don't look at that and see it as height maintenance or like a worry because I think that's what when it comes to dating, people worry about like, I get worried, are they going to yeah. see me as like a liability, but it's like, you know, if they can't handle me at my thirty eight they don't deserve me at a hundred five.
0: We interrupt this episode for a word from our sponsors. Real Good Foods. Real Good Foods has all the tasty, low carb snacks and meals you need to feel guilt free this summer. From my favorite, their tasty enchiladas, to their poppers and cauliflower crust pizza, there's something for everyone. Check them out at Walmart or online at realgoodfoods.com and follow them at Real Good Foods on Instagram. Use code PANCREASPALS for 15% off your order. Now back to the episode. Exactly. Hell <laughs> to the yes. Exactly. Miriam's married, so she knows all about it. She's like, it can happen, ladies. Everything's but I, fine.
1: It, it, it will be fine. And I, I went through a lot of dating. I had a very fun like dating, probably like, I don't even know how long, four years in New York City. Um, I think you're the only person that likes dating that I know, like who well, looks back say on that, it fondly. I can say that very nicely now that it's all over. But I did, <laughs> I mean, I, I did enjoy going on dates and meeting people, and I love talking to new people. So, so f- I do, I do yeah. like dating for that reason. Exactly, that's how I felt too. But it is funny, for as like at peace in some sense as we are about our diabetes, it is still. I still get very um, anxious and kind of weird about disclosing it for the first time. I think in some sense that doesn't ever fully get away or go away. Um, but I like, as you guys are talking, I'm remembering this. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I remember being on certain dates and like not knowing how to bring it up. And I know we have, we've had tons of episodes about this stuff, but it's true. It's, it's, that's why I always say it's never like, there's no end to your these feelings with type 1 they it's just a journey as you go through like every different phase of your life there'll be something new you have to figure out like okay how do i navigate this with diabetes so totally job know, interviews it, you know yeah. new co-workers. but yeah then then new, new significant
2: others new lovers it's a whole it's a whole system but <laughs> i is. do i do think you eventually it just it flows because i especially now that it's kind of part of my career like it's really hard mm-hmm. to tell people that i want to be a certified diabetes educator and then they go why it kind do of you want
1: yeah that is a good my favorite is like
0: talking about the podcast and they are like oh what's it on I'm like well shit we're going there yeah Yeah, um, exactly you
2: can't avoid it after that and that leads to a bunch of other questions which is good it's good yeah to
0: educate it's like an easy
2: segue yeah
0: definitely and speaking of easy segues this is me uh wrapping up the episode guys (laughs) it's been so smooth. smooth Smoother guys, than a fresh jar like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm dead. Um, Kira, seriously, thank you so yes. much. You are beauty and grace. You're Miss Diabetic United States. Um, oh, I'm going Love cry. it, love it. Oh, my God. Soft, soft. <laughs> you guys are all so around. sweet.
2: Thank you so much. I will be in New York soon. I have lots of people to see over there. So yes, when the weather oh gets gosh, better, we'll do a meet Yeah. This Cali girl yeah, can't I, I, handle I the cold, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. I finally got to to hang out with Ariana when she came, so um, you I know, saw a major like, FOMO. You guys should major all come. FOMO. Yeah, I agree. There's and always then FOMO. also, I need to make a West Coast trip.
2: Yeah, if you're ever yeah in the San Francisco Bay Area, I'm about 20 minutes south, and I am always down for drinks. I work at a bar down here, so you know, come check me oh, out. Hell
0: yeah, Miriam, let's
2: <laughs> go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Taking all the awesome. paddles on yeah. Be sure to follow Kira
0: on Instagram at balanced and bolus and go to her website as well. There's a link on her Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals. Follow us on Facebook at pancreas, or friend us, like us, SOS, <laughs> pancreas pp. And um, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can listen on Spotify. Well, however you're listening now pretty much sums it up, but we're also available on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud and any other podcast provider. Um, be sure to check out our website pancreaspals.com and slide into our dms for any uh any ideas you have or just want to say hey or shout out to an episode or whatevs um email us at pancreaspals123 at gmail.com and i think i've finally listed every way to contact us
2: so <laughs> not you. so you have your personal you. carrier pigeon, pigeon as well Oh yes, I forgot
0: my um. No, it's actually that's my Hogwarts Express oh, mail. Oh, Hogwarts am Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I. It has one job. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm a nerd. Everyone listening, don't at me. All right, much love, guys. Have a fabulous rest of your week. To all those listening, near and far, and thanks again, Kira. Of course, thanks. anytime, guys. Bye. Bye.